Hi, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Mirko. It's absolute pleasure to having you here. And uh, as usual, I'm hoping that you're safe, that you're well. And I'm thankful uh, for you to be able to see, be here. Uh, I'm very grateful. And uh, yeah, today is another special episode. Uh, I keep forgetting the numbers of it. I think we're up to 79th or 80th episode. And uh, we're going all the way to Finland. So, you know, grab your seat and tighten your belt, grab a cup of coffee and uh, enjoy the ride. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? <laughs> it's going fantastic, mate. Uh, thank you so much for, for tuning in and uh, giving us an hour of your time. It's, uh, it's super, super good. I of think it's, it, was, uh, it was quite overdue for us to, to catch up, to meet. So very thankful for it. And uh, before we kick things off, um, how's you and your family doing with the whole situation? It's all, it's all good. Finland has actually been uh, kind of okay with Corona. Whenever, whenever it was like, whenever it started hitting Nordics, we were just like, all right. So the government just closed all the borders and the whole country is kind of like isolated. So people are taking precautions. Some are like, like people are not even like, uh, if they consider that they might even have Corona, they're just staying at home. And it's just like, everybody's being really like cool about it. Good, good. So you've been, I suppose, uh, able to, you know, brew a lot of coffee at home and... Uh, oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, there was this one time when we did actually have, like, a three-week mandatory period that everybody had to stay at home. So I was, like, dipping really deep into my freezer and I had just, like, almost all of my coffee that I had frozen from, like, past nine months just, like gone and now i'm just slowly recovering from that <laughs> yeah uh sorry before we get started but um i recently switched a brewing method and uh you know went for aeropress and and the other day i work out why it didn't usually doesn't impact my sleep but still my body acts a little bit and then i realized that by going from 235 ml of you know coffee from the aeropress all the way to 320 330 Yep. on my V60, and the grammars, and I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm still having two cups of coffee, but it's actually more. Exactly. Um, it was a, yeah, realization of that. But all right, important question. How do I pronounce your name? And then we can get started. Yes. Uh, well, it's, it's kind of, it's, uh, it's really weird, but it's uh, K-A-A-P-O, so Kapo. Kapo. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so Kapo. Um, which it means boss in Italian, if you said someone capo. Yeah. I'm sure you heard that before. Good. Yeah. Even though the spelling is different. And so, capo, um, could you kindly tell us how you started your amazing coffee journey? And uh, we just kind of get the ball rolling from there. Of course. Uh, so, I started about 10 years ago when I was still in high school. Like, uh, well, that was longer than that, actually. Uh, we had this unofficial coffee club in uh, high school where me and a couple of my friends that like were hanging around at the time we were just trying out different coffees that we could get our hands on and we were doing it in a in a french press with a just a really cheap like uh really cheap home grinder and it's 
it was like it, it was the first thing that opened my eyes to like coffee because I had this preconceived idea that coffee is really dark and really sort of like uh, really strong and bitter and it didn't taste any good anything like it didn't taste any good and then I don't know then I just started from there and I was like I have to get more of this if this can taste like this I just have to get more and then I started hanging around with people and going to different coffee shops and eventually I got a job at a coffee uh, like a one of the better coffee shops in Helsinki like like how many years ago was it like five six years ago and then I just built my career from there and now I'm running my own coffee company and just starting a pop-up soon so that's good Wow, and it's just um, I can't stop surprising myself the more I talk to people. Uh, even yesterday, we had like a what we call a global coffee table, and all these people were you know tuning in, and uh, we all yeah. hanging out for a couple of hours. And it's like everyone's stories on how they get into coffees is so personable and so particular. You know, like you started in high school, like like I started drinking coffee about three years ago, and like I'm not shying away from. I actually been a barista for longer than that. Like I used to dial in the coffee without tasting it and giving it to my chef and say, hey, does it taste good to you? Because I had this, like you, idea that coffee was this bitter, bad, you know, dirty water. Like back then. um, So I was like, you know, hey, chef. uh, Oh, no, I think, think, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not looking good. So I'm like, I'm like more watching the shot um, than than actually tasting. And then here you are in, high school that's incredible and uh, uh, we got team hey big shout out team uh haven't seen yeah. in a while buddy and he's obviously messaging in in a language yeah. that i don't comprehend um yeah that's actually like finnish and he's like he's asking he's saying hello from australia what how is the coffee in finland and do you drink a lot of filter yes uh yes i do actually i was just having a really wonderful uh coffee from el paraiso in colombia it was a double anaerobic fermented Gatura. That was just, it was, it was roasted by Nomad Coffee and it was divine. It was so good. Uh, I love that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks, thanks for leaving the question. And uh, so, okay, so let's kind of talk it through because, you know, you're yeah. super young. Um, and despite that, you were like, no, I, I, I know what I want. And, uh, you know, I met a few people who are super young and then you were the one, and I think it's super cool. I think it's really cool and rare. So, you know, most people don't get that until a lot. Most, a lot of people don't even get it until retirement. Oh, I should have been a baker yeah. after 50 years of being an accountant or whatever. Exactly. Um, so what, what, what sort of was your natural kind of path that allowed you to go, okay, well, um, I'm going to high school, I'm studying all things that uh, maybe some interested you, some didn't. Um, yeah. But you kind of was like, well, I've got this club, I've got this thing going on. What was sort of the process, A, with your family, mm. um, whoever you got around you, B, mentally on a personal level, and C, on a practical level, personally, what, what, what did that look for you in terms of like, okay, well, now I need to get a job at a coffee shop to learn how to, you know, clean dishes or learn workflow. At the same time, I need to tell my parents that this is what I'm going to do. Oh, that's actually a really good question. And thank you for asking that because uh, that actually brings us a really good segue into like how it is like to working in coffee. And 
at first it was really hard because like a coffee job here in Finland in the Nordics is not considered something that you would consider a career. It's not considered a real job in quotation marks. It's something you do in between something you sort of like do to get some extra money to help you pay rent while you're in college or in like university and just like something it's not, a, it's not considered something that you would pursue as a career. And I don't think my parents kind of even still today understand that I want to make this into a career mm. and nor they, I mean, they're, they're supportive of course, because like, I, I feel like I'm one of the creative person, like one of those like creative types in, in my family. So they kind of understand that where I'm, where I'm going with this, but they still don't fully understand the concept of making coffee for a living. And mm -hmm. So they still kind of like expected that like I would even like start a business or I would I would start managing something or but that's not the creative aspect of it. But I think uh, I think sorry sorry no, I really want ahead. to get there like like I'm getting goosebumps because this is the shit that I love more than coffee, you know like, and I'm going super assumption here okay, uh, but no. I'm assuming that you're you know working at the moment or you know, somehow or whatever like like. You know, like I see a couple of grinders behind you, you know, seven. And by all means, if your answer is yes or no, it's okay. But, you know, I'm assuming that you've been earning a little bit of cash for then reinvesting into your passion. Yeah. Uh, I actually am not working anywhere right now. I'm working for my own company. So, yeah. Am... But, but before that, before Corona, you were working, earning your own way, right? Yes. Yes. Do you still live with your parents? No, 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 I don't. I, uh, so that's where I was going. Like, I think yeah. you cracked the code because you off your parents' payroll. Mm. So what I'm saying is it would have been more difficult for you to have this conversation if you were every 14, 28 days asking your parents for money because yeah. you lived under the roof because then, you know, you're like, well, hang on a minute. I, you're not paying my rent. You're not paying my, you know, uh, whatever yeah. grind that you got in the background. Looks like. Yep, but there's an EK, yeah. Yeah, there's a 43S and a 43. Yeah, I was going to say it's the S, but the hope I was throwing me out. Okay, um, yeah. like, you know, it's not like, hey, man, buy me an EK. That's when it's like, well, hang on a minute. Like, you go and wash dishes and then you buy your own EK. So props to you, man. Like, that's that's like, yeah, yeah. That's like Thank step you. number one, but it's the step that means the most. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. No, no, no. It's um, like, I, I of course, like, I, I didn't... Uh, in, in the Nordics, people tend to move away from their parents, like relatively young. Like I think the average median age when people move away from home is around 18, 19. And like people, some people do it young, more young, like younger than that, because like the like rental situations are kind of okay in the Nordics. Like if you can get a really nice apartment, you can get it for relatively cheap. So it's fairly okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I moved away relatively young as well so and i started pursuing a career or not i started pursuing my passion in coffee but even though i was in school i i've been studying a lot of like different different subjects at different universities here in finland and like my main like my two main ideas were that i was going to be a lawyer and didn't didn't fall through didn't happen not going to be a lawyer never going to happen no just no <laughs> not going to do it and Hold on. Then the second thing I studied was business management. And I did that for three years. And 
I was like this close to finishing it, but then I realized that no, this is not what I want to do. This is not what this is not what my where my passion lies. This is not something I would be seeing myself doing for the next twenty five to thirty years. And I was like, all right, so if I'm not if I'm not in, like in that level interested in this, why am I still doing it? So then I dropped that and started making coffee for a living. And it was a slow, gradual rise to uh, a sort of like a sustainable. Uh, coffee career and eventually like because the Nordics are so small there is a very low level of ceiling it's there's a very low ceiling where it's kind of hitting and if you really want to continue with your passion in coffee you have to get past that ceiling and you have to sort of like try to get better at it and eventually you will hit that that sort of like limit which you can like progress to at a coffee shop unless the coffee shop is bringing you these opportunities and integrating you to their actual corporation where and I say that there's like maybe one or two coffee shops that actually could do that in Helsinki and so that was the only like the only only like logical conclusion was that I would have to just start something on my own or then move abroad and yeah or first props to you um, obviously, kudos, props, whatever word. It's you know everyone uses different things, but uh, I think it's super cool. I think it's super cool. And but there's two things that I'm taking away from you. Two words. One is sustainable. I think I think that we have kind of left the word sustainable career a long time ago, and I really appreciate that you're saying it in the way you're saying it because a lot of people want a fancy career mm. an exciting career but sustainable is actually what makes <laughs> a job all it needs to be is sustainable because yeah. without that you know we can't be naive without being able to earn enough money to feed your family then it's not a sustainable job it doesn't matter you know you know you gotta still make bank for 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 the basics and the second part is not a word but it's like culture it is a word, but you didn't use yeah. that word. She is. I've always looked up at the North, the Scandinavian regions, you know, and you know, mm. we're very interested. You know, Norway, Sweden, Finland, not because you're here, but you can ask yeah. people. Like, I love minimalism, so <laughs> you get me already from there. Uh, and I think that culture is super important to, to what you said, to bring things in context. Because, like, yeah. in Italy, I know that it's an environmentally, financially, economically, culturally different situation, but uh, I don't know, like a lot of my friends, like in, even in the 30s, are still at home, which is okay. Mm. Like it, it, yeah. It's fine. There's no right or wrong, but I find it super interesting that you guys have a place where you're able to, hey, go and learn. Go and get the ropes. Like, I really like that. Um, yeah, it's, so, yeah. It's always been because it's we're always way up like we're here up north where there is like we don't have a lot of people here. It's like like our population's around like five million, five and a half million, which is mm -hmm. barely low in comparison to everybody else. Like it's less than less than zero point zero one percent of the whole population of the globe, which is like technically means that we don't exist. <laughs> like according <laughs> according to according to the UN statistical math, we do not exist because the UN census has an error margin of one percent. So, we okay. well, Finland doesn't okay. Finland doesn't exist. All right, you've done, yeah, yeah. <laughs> done the homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
All right. Um, so, and, and where, where kind of, where did competing kind of fall through uh, onto your lap? Like, 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 yeah. you know, at what stage and why you were like, you know, well, well, I think it's my natural progression or is it what I have to do or I want to do? Yep. Uh, it's actually a funny story uh, because I like funny stories. So you, you can go. All right. So back in 2018, there was this Barista Championships. Oh, no, 2019 Barista Championships. I um, I did Brewers before that in 2018. And I wasn't actually interested in Barista Championships at first. I was like, all right, so there's a Barista Championship. I'm not interested in it. I want to do Brewers. But then I heard that there was this one barista going to uh, going to the Barista Championships here in Finland. And there were these two baby baristas competing against that one professional barista. And the com competition was still going to go ahead because there was the minimum three competitors. And I was like, all right, so there's, hold on. There's these two baby baristas who haven't been doing this, doing this for like professionally that long. And there's this one professional barista who's been doing it for years. So like, hold on, what's the competition like if it's those two versus that one person? I was like, I can't allow that. I, I just can't let that happen. Because that, that was like, that's not a comp. At that point, it wasn't a competition. That was just free tickets to that one race to two, the world championships. And I was like, all right, so I can't let that happen. I have to give that person at least some level of competition. And then I got, and I was like, all right, so I'm going to drop brewers. I'm going to get into a barista. And then I started training for it. And while I was training, I was like, hold on, hold on a minute. There's more to this than just espresso. There's, there's so many rules. There's so many variables. There's so many different ideas that you have to figure out. And you have to figure out this whole theme on your own. And you have to get all these ideas and present that to the judges while making coffee, while making sure that everything runs smoothly and everything goes according to plan. And I was like, this is actually really interesting. And then I started dwelling into it and I got really, really really into it that I started having nightmares about the competition and it was just bad at that point and then I realized that all right I actually do like this I like the preparation I like the research I really enjoy that sort of sharing those ideas to people and giving the judges the best possible cup of coffee that I can get because that sort of represents what I can do and what I am with the coffee because nowadays what I how I see competitions is that they are sort of a framework for your creativity to express yourself with coffee within those certain rule sets. And I think it's like, I think it's a really fantastic opportunity to show everybody because there were, there were, there are hundreds of people watching and there are like, especially the world championships, there are thousands of people watching that. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity to showcase something new, something that you're proud to show, that's something that you're really excited about to everybody else so that everybody else can learn, everybody else can benefit from that. And I think that's really what got me into competition. And obviously for the books, you became Finnish Barista Champion, so that's the, the, sort of the final chapter of that story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had to edit in just for give context, because obviously, you know, congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. But you know what? I think, I think, um, I like where you're going. And I kind of want to drill onto one concept. 
I think a lot of times people focus on like, the idea, right? So yeah. I like to have a cafe. I like to become a football player. I like to compete in coffee or I like to have a good body, right? Yeah. Um, but if you don't like the process, that's it. Like, like when you were saying, I realized that I liked the researching and I liked creating the story and presenting. What you're saying, in other words, is that you enjoy the process around it because it's like getting a good body. Like you enjoy the process of planning your workout, your your meals. Your like you're enjoying the workout. Um, and 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 when you're in it, you enjoy the process of it, which is which is. I think super key and super underestimated when people talk is like, well, oh, you got to be passionate about coffee. Well, yeah, but you also want to enjoy the process of waking up at five o'clock in the morning if the shop's open at six, um, yeah. having uh, having dirty hands smell like coffee with coffee yeah. under your nails. Like, like, like it, it, if you don't enjoy the process, then it doesn't matter. And I think we can kind of bring it back in a metaphor with a book. If halfway through the book you're not enjoying it, there's no point finishing. Like you need to move on exactly. to the next book. Uh, so you enjoy the process, which is super good. Well, I think we never really discussed this in the podcast. So, mm. and, okay. So, what other processes do you like aside from competing, assuming coffee Ooh. and building research? Oh man, like I, I love I, this. Is this is it's a very very bad way of saying it, like describing it, but I like I love making coffee, and but that's it's not because I love making it. It's because I love serving it to people. I want people to get that same uh, remember that time when I told you about the um, the, how we had this coffee club at high school and I was like I didn't know coffee could taste like this I did not know that this could taste like that and um, I want other people to experience that same sort of eye-opening experience that I had when I was in high school that I did not know that coffee could taste like this and it's it's something that is really I think I, I find really important even to a daily barista who's doing this daily because we need to understand that this is something different this is something there's so much flavor and there's so much there's there's a gradient of flavor that you can get from even as, as an example a coffee that you work every day it's not going to taste the same every single day and I think that's just fantastic and trying to get that to people and conveying that to people that, hey, did you know that coffee can taste like lychees, like strawberries, like uh, tropical yogurt? And it's just like, or this one coffee that I actually competed with in the Finnish Barista Championships, uh, like it tasted like mangoes mm -hmm. and fermented pineapples. And I was like, this is, it's impossible that coffee could taste like this. There's no way that this coffee can taste like this. And it was blowing my mind every time I was drinking it. And it was good. And that, that's something I really want to convey to other people as well. That, hey, did you know that coffee can taste like this? It's amazing. Well, yeah, and I think, I, like, like, you know, again, you, what you were talking about, it's still the steps of the process. You know, it's like hmm. you enjoy sharing. That's part of the process. You enjoy making but, and all of it is just aligned with your set of values and the moral compass that you have around your career and your whole as, you know, capo and coffee. Uh, like, 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 I know we're going a little bit deep here, but 
because yeah. you're keeping your values so close to you, to your chest has become super easy for you not only to enjoy the um, process. So I'm trying to read the comment again and finish. Yeah. We, we, we answered your first question, by the way. Um, well, penis, so we don't forget. Uh, yeah. Not only is it about the process, but it's like, well, yeah, like, like, because it's so close to your values, which is uh, yeah. fantastic at such a young age. And uh, I love to see that. Um, yeah, it's great. I think people should take notes of what you, what you just said, uh, for sure. And uh, I, I let you read Team's question because uh, right. I, I have no idea. <laughs> so how to make a fruity coffee into more approachable for a normal, regular customer? So how, all right, I, I get that. Yeah, that's, that's hard. Um, although, like, I think this is my personal, personal idea, just like something, something I like an opinion, mm. not, not it's a, not right or wrong. Yep. exactly. Uh, I think we, as industry, we have a tendency to sort of over complicate things over like, mm, how should I put it? It's like to make, we have a tendency to elevate the product that we do every day to our customers. We have, a, we have a tendency to create something that's like, like even though if we can make something taste amazing, we have a tendency to sort of like trying to put it on a pedestal and just like trying to sell it to people as something amazing because we want to sell that because our livelihood depends on it. But because of that, it's something, even though it's like, it becomes snobbish, it becomes sort of like unapproachable because we're trying to elevate it to such a high stature, such a such a uh, high sort of like a high quality that it becomes unapproachable to a normal regular customer. So if you sell, mm. as an example, a natural anaerobic Ethiopian that tastes like like strawberries and cherries and dark chocolate and you tell that customer, that, oh, this is a double anaerobic natural Ethiopian from Semiona Bay in uh, Gucci, Adola region. And it's just like, how is that regular customer who's just drinking or accepting or expecting a cup of Joe to like put it into like layman's terms? How is like, how is that going to translate to that person who's just expecting a cup of coffee when you're, when we're selling it to that person as the best possible thing as the best possible thing in this world that they have never tasted before. So it's not about like the actual, even if you know you have an amazing coffee, you have, you have to sort of still understand that that is not, because you know that it's amazing, it might not translate to the other person who is your customer. So you have to sort of like understand to try to read your customer. What is that customer expecting from you when they walk in? So like, as an example, even if you know you have an amazing coffee, and this is what I'm doing at my pop-ups is that I'm just like, not even mentioning that. All right, so I have a 90 plus Drimazere on the espresso and like, whatever you want, you can have a single shot milk uh, latte with oat milk into that 90 plus Drimazere. And then they're gonna be like, oh, like this coffee tastes amazing. It tastes like fig cake. And they're like, how, how does this coffee taste like this? Why did, what, what did you put in this? I was like, no, 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 it, there's nothing in it. It's just the coffee. And that's the point. That's the moment when that customer turns around and, be, and does like, hold on, I, hold on a minute. I did not, I just asked for a coffee, but this coffee tastes amazing. 
that's the point that you as a professional barista is your point of going into that person or going into that person's mindset and just changing their concept of what a good coffee could be. Mm-hmm. So underplaying to a customer's expectations, that's, I think, the key thing. I love it. And uh, just to add on to that, yesterday was like, you know, 15, 16 people all into our room from all different countries. And uh, I kind of, we, we touched base on this topic um, as a community and uh, three things that stood out and, you know, some of them were, you know, thoughts that I had already. Uh, well, I think, I think number one, it's something I'll discuss a couple of times. I think we could also Look, there's a, there's a place for everything. So, you know, yeah. I understand why, you know, we want to make tasty notes sound in a fun, cool way. I get it. But I think that has a place for a certain amount of people. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't mind if there was like a tier system of tasting notes, even almost like where it's like your tier one is like super basic. It's like, like you know, like, you know, it's going to be quite chocolatey. Let's see. Like, like that's it. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, it's gonna be like a chocolate bar with a hint of orange. And then you can go Jaffa cake with orange zest and exactly. cinnamon and candied fruit bomb. Cool, uh, one. Two, um, cultural tasting palette. Uh, that's something that Ann Cooper was talking about it yesterday in the group. I was yeah. very lucky to have her on. And uh, I was actually surprised that she was on. And um, she was explaining, for example, that one day she was training roasters from Korea and they were tasting fruits, and it was some Australian strawberries, and like these uh, Korean students were like disgusted by the strawberries because they were too acidic. And they were like, well, in yeah. Korea, the strawberries is sweet. So expectation from the cup, which tasting notes says strawberry, to your point, yeah. based on what your experience is with strawberry, it's going to be completely different for someone who never had, you know, had different expectations on strawberries. And then we add on fruits or different flavors that we never tasted because, you know, you're from Scandinavia. So, like, your accessibility to tropical fruits is very little compared to uh, Southeast Asia. Third and final, what you said, which is context, I think we need to be wary of context. So it's like if a guy is walking in suit and tie and he's running late and he's frantic, all he cares is how long it's going to take you to make his coffee yep. done person who starts opening up, then, you know, because you've gained their trust with the speed the day before, you gain the trust with the consistency because they've been coming in for a few weeks. Once yeah. you got that rapport, then the minute you see a little opening, it's when there's like interest, therefore you can feed through information. Because the minute you start talking to people and people that don't want to listen, it's like talking to mm. a wall. Yeah, um, sorry, I had to squeeze that through. because no, that's actually so. good because there's actually a thing I want to add to that as well is that like, it's a really good point that like the, as an example, cultural differences between tasting notes and flavor palettes. But this is something like something I've struggled with, uh, with competitions as well is individual tasting palette differences. And how can I, because as a barista, how can you be sure that this other person is tasting the same flavor notes that you are tasting? So how can you, as an example, like this is something that I I lost uh, the um, the I only got silver back in 2019 for the birth championships, and um, it was because I had two distinct flavor notes, 
I, I was telling the judges that, all right, this tastes like these very specific raspberries, this very specific dark chocolate, and this very specific uh, juice that had this very specific sugar content. But so I got a lot, I got a, actually a, a good, I got a lot of good feedback from that saying that, all right, so if you know these flavors, how are the judges expected to know the same exact flavor notes that you put up to those judges? So that's also very something, something that we need to be aware of because like my flavor palette might be different from yours and my, your flavor palette might be different from everybody else's. Like it's, it's very real and it's very noticeable when you start talking with people and start talking, comparing flavor notes and flavor palettes. Uh, yes. Um, and look, I'll, I'll squeeze in one more after the following question because uh, uh, we got a ritual question, as you might know, at the halfway yeah. through the, the episodes and you get it the same uh, out of the box question. Um, but we, I really want to narrow down on one more thing on that because um, it's a it's inter super interesting topic, what you just said too. Um, so anyway, I'm just, just to get a break, who would you like to have dinner with if you could Ooh. choose anybody? Does it have to be a coffee person? Nope. Doesn't even have to be right. alive or past, Ooh. present, future, mm. uh, fictional. I would probably want to have dinner with the Obamas, actually. That would be really interesting. It would be, okay. yeah. And then oh. all... Also, probably uh, the current first champion, Ju Yeon, from yeah. South Korea. Like yeah. her, I would, I would, I would, I would want to have dinner with her and her, uh, her coach, Brody. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. I mean, it's. Uh, I think. I think you can quite maybe likely achieve the second option, probably. <laughs> <laughs> True. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, um, going back to what you were saying, um, you see, I'm not sure what the craft beer uh, scene mm. looks like in Finland, but we were talking about this yesterday in the Global Coffee Table, <clears throat> um, which for reference is just a private thing, it's not on Instagram, it's, nobody, it's not recorded. No. Well, beers company down here have done an amazing job is just pull art and color and cool shit on the cans and the bottles. Because that stuff, everybody understands and interprets it. Yeah. Like, if you like hot pink with stars and rainbows, you got to like that shit. That's it. Yeah. Like, you're going to grab it off the wall and go with it. Because it's relatable, because it's your favorite color, because it's, like, something appealing to you. Uh, there, therefore, it's not like, ooh, I don't know if I want to touch it, because it says, you know, if, if that kind of beer started saying, you're going to taste A, B, C, D. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a bit pretentious. It's been like unapproachable. But they're doing a good job with that. Um, yeah. You know, maybe the blend name or the single origin name. So what I actually appreciate is where uh, it's fine with naming them. I'm not really to get sued because it's a compliment. Um, like primarily, interestingly, approach on single origin now. They have three yeah. banners with different colors, you know, curious and adventurous and there's another one i can't remember yeah ludicrous no i don't know yeah something like that and 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 i and there's no tasty notes on the bag yeah uh, there's a card that comes with it with the farm information and over there there's a little bit of information but that's i think it's like it's a step in the right direction because it's like well you really like that you know it's like 
Okay, sorry, I lost you for a second. Yeah. Um, sorry, must be the internet. Um, all of a sudden it's like, well, if you're curious about coffee, this is the bag for you. Yeah. If you don't want to go adventure, this is the bag for you. It's it's a very different approach, and I kind of like we need to play around with that. Like, and there's no right or wrong. Like, you know, you might just have a plain bag saying coffee. Here you go, yeah. take it, do whatever you want with it. Uh, I actually I, I know Proud Mary because um, I've, I've been thinking about ordering coffee from them because their reserve coffee menus are really interesting. They have some coffees that nobody else is right now doing. As an example, their uh, Colombian whoosh whoosh. Is something mm-hmm. I haven't seen any other roastery do, or, and I, I know that Wish Wish is a really hard coffee to get by get because it's it's, um, it's first of all really expensive and then it's also really low yield uh, variety. So, but like these guys are doing it. These guys also are so crazy that they're putting three EKs and three hoppers into a freezer. And just so they can keep their coffee frozen and just consistent dose every time. And I think that's amazing. They're doing a lot of good research. Something I'm actually looking up to a little bit because they, they, man, I, I wish I had their resources. <laughs> I get you. But you get there. You get there. I have no yeah. doubts. Um, no, 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 I get you. I get you. Um, you are a little bit choppy on the, it's spinning yeah. every, every now and then it spins. So hopefully I don't lose you because I would love, yeah. would hate to lose the interview. But if it happens, she happens all the times. But um, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, I want to sort of drive away from proud just because otherwise it sounds like it's a yeah. sponsored endorsement. But, <laughs> but it's true. I think, I think changing the approach is, is, is definitely helpful. And uh, you kind of need to help me out with uh, team's next question because yeah. uh, I do Especially, understand uh, uh, there were a couple of other questions before that, so I would like to actually okay. like. There was a you go like L M H D H W B is asking. I want to learn more about making coffee, and the mo- the like the most important thing in learning to make coffee is that you some- start doing it. You start tasting it, and you start being. And this is something I always preach: is being mindful of what you're actually tasting, and being mindful mm. of what you're putting into your mouth. How that actually tastes how it how the mouthfeel feels how does it uh, feel in your mouth what does it taste like what kind of flavors are you getting what kind of like acidity are you getting what kind of juiciness are you getting i could talk like another two hours about this so just like be mindful of what you're tasting and how you are tasting things it doesn't have to be a coffee it can be Mm -hmm. anything else just anything you put in your mouth just like try to for a couple for a minute or like 30 seconds try to think what does this taste like so that's, I think, the best way to start learning how to be a better coffee, better barista is that you start learning how to taste. You start learning how to uh, separate flavor notes from each other. And then, we, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. Like, who is the ruler in the coffee kingdom? Is it the Italians? I don't want to answer that question. That's a really political and political <laughs> question. I don't, I, I nope. No, I refuse to answer that question. That's way too political. Coffee's not political. Coffee is all around and it's for everybody. Nobody rules it. Everybody's good at it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, and to, to touch base on what you were saying about uh, to, to improve your voice, I think there's, you know, what you said is 
I just love that I was smiling because it's incredible how you get it at such a super young age. Like what you're again describing is enjoy and pay attention to the process. Yeah. Like literally it's like, well, the process is develop a palette. Yeah. But not because you want to develop a palette because you want to pick up notes necessarily. It's because, well, in order to make a better coffee and understand what recipe to use with your next brew, if it yeah. tastes different or not. So what you're describing again is what you really get, and it's impressive. It's a, I mean, like it's just really focused on the process. Couple of points is like take advantage of technology. It's like there's a shit ton of videos on YouTube. Like like yeah. I, I can't describe how many videos are there. Free information, little books, but you know like nobody can no everybody can afford fifty dollar books. So then you know YouTube becomes available. But Instagram, like you and I, yes. first time we speak to each other. Uh, ever you know and you know like 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 it, all it took it was just a direct message and it's like well you know like this it's like it's like hey it's a chat but yeah it's not an approach of gaining something out of anybody with any expectations the minute that you connect in that way with someone then that someone might be able to help you might be able to exactly. guide you and maybe you don't know maybe you hit up someone and it's like in your town and you're lucky enough that that person is looking to tutor or mentor someone to train for comps and all of a sudden someone grab you under the wing as like, come with me, buddy. Um, and then, yeah. and only talk was just a 35 second investment of time of like typing, Hey, how are you? My name is, you know, John, da, 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 da. I would love exactly. to talk to you more about my passion, ba, ba, bing, ba, boom, ba, bang, send. And they reply. So exactly. I think take advantage of those two things. Absolutely. Um, couple moving moving back to, to you. Uh, even though what we spoke about, I think it's super interesting. And you know, we could go two three hours. And then, like, exactly. like, I barely read any of these questions. Like as usual. <laughs> anyway, um, something that I'm super curious is a very selfish question. Um, just because a I like to travel, but. B, I'm not allowed to travel at the moment. Ah, oh, no. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even leave mini ponds, so little alone in Australia. Um, and I'm too busy with travel anyway. But what is like Finland when it comes to coffee? Like, like you know, what's the Finnish coffee scene? Oh, that's actually, that's a really good question. Uh, Finland is the world's most largest consumer of bulk filter coffee. We drink around like 9.9 .9 to 10 kilos per co uh, coffee per capita. And that's, that's three kilos more than I think the people who were like drinking the second most amount of coffee in the world. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It's a lot of coffee per capita. And but what we need to understand is that that's mostly just like bulk coffee. From, ma from massive roasters who actually roast with like 50 kilo machines and they have like five of those running like 12 hours a day and very little only like less than 10% of the actual uh, like like consumed coffee is specialty quality so and even from that 10% I would say that like you can count with one hand the ones that like actually like you should visit in Helsinki. Helsinki's, and this is something, I, this is actually a really good question because it brings me to like something that I've been working on is the stagnation of the Nordic coffee scene. 
Like the Nordic coffee scene has unfortunately stagnated to a point where people are buying from the same coffee sourcers, the same coffee importers, and are roasting on the same machines to a same roasting degree. So everything starts to taste really similar. People are doing mm -hmm. really sort of like brightness uh, driven coffees, which is technically just another word for acidity. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, brightness is just acidity. It's just like okay. a fancy word for it. And uh, that's, that, that has nurtured a moment, like a bubble of stagnation where people don't, are not experimenting with coffee anymore. Uh, roasters are unhappy or they're afraid to buy new beans or new or new greens because they are too comfortable in their bubble selling Kenyans, Ethiopians, Brazilians, and Colombians on a three-month cycle to our customer, to their customers. They are not educating their customers. They are only selling, they're telling them to buy the stuff that they're already purchasing in, which is already found to be selling at a good price. So there's no invent, there's no incentive for coffee roasters in the Scandinavian countries to actually develop their like products, develop their coffees, which is really sad. And I, something that I am trying to sort of like fix a little bit with like my coffee, like pop-ups. Uh, thank you. Uh, I love this question. And cause you know, I can't be there, so it's always good to have the locals. It's like, um, yeah, anyway, it's um, there's, a, there's someone who told me again once when you go traveling, ask the local what would they do if it was their last day in their country before moving overseas because they're gonna give you all the you know the, the nuggets. Uh, but um, and um, you know, it's like, it's like, is it without going to political, but I understand the practical side of it, it's non judgmental, but. Could it be potentially also, I'm assuming, influenced by culture? You know, it's, it is cold. Uh, you know, maybe people are not as super open uh, around uh, new stuff because it's been done in a certain way. Um, not necessarily with a negative attached to it, but more to do with, you know, like the certain countries that are super progressive, you know, um, but at the same time, they're quite conservative in other aspects. And then you got other countries are super open and super warm because of you know this climate and financial. And then you got tropical islands like like it's okay. I get it. Like it's different. But would you say that the Finnish culture has a little bit something to do with it? Oh yeah, like definitely. It's like mm -hmm. there's a very prevalent attitude that if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and which is kind of which is good, but also it means that things change really freakishly slowly here. Like, uh, like it took like five years for the flat white to be accepted into like the specialty coffee mm. like, cafes. Can I, can I give you a good news, two, two good news, and then I'll ask you the last question because I didn't realize that we're <laughs> 10 minutes out. But um, yeah. two good news, because I like to think positive. Number one, you have a substantial advantage in Finland, which is the amount of coffee that's been drunk. So you have a higher, statistically speaking, odds to get someone to drink something different because they drink so much coffee. Yeah. Uh, number two, positives is thanks to the Finnish culture, you were able to become who you are also, also thanks to yourself and your parents and the molding and the growing up. 
but because you got out of the house 18, 19, whatever age, I think also there's that amazing aspect that will allow you to be the creation and one of the pioneers amongst all the other amazing Finnish professionals. So those are the two good news. Um, now, the last question, and before I ask you, again, thank you for being here. It's just been super good. I really appreciate it. Um, I think we should do a 2.0 version of this. Maybe we'll brew together. Uh, maybe yeah. we'll drink the same coffee. I don't know. We'll, 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 maybe the whoosh whoosh. Again, not sponsored. Oh, yeah. but <laughs> uh, maybe the whoosh whoosh. Veg, uh, good to see you, brother. Um, um, and the last question for you, it's got nine minutes to go, is like, what ultimately is your coffee mission and what sort of next for you? And again, thank you for being here, man. It was a real treat, a real pleasure. Good chat. That's my pleasure. My pleasure as well. Um, well, next, uh, I am starting a pop-up really soon here in Helsinki where I will be ordering coffee from all over the world. I will be starting with probably coffee from Ona uh, in like, like Ona Coffee in like Canberra, Melbourne. Um, I will be ordering from them. I will be, I will be showing people that you can roast coffee differently. You can get different flavors out of it. You can get different coffees and it's not that hard. Then I will be probably moving on to black and white roasters from the U.S. and start something. Lem Butler. Yeah. Yep. Lem Butler and uh, Kyle Ramey. Uh, correct. Yeah. Always. Yeah. They, like, I've always been a fan of their roast, their, their sort of products and their coffees and I've, like this is a really good opportunity to like for me to get their coffees then next like after that is uh wbc so that's if you if you ever want to stream that that's where you'll find me i will be at the wbc and i will be showing you guys something really good that we're developing together with 90 plus coffee aha uh -huh, with josh uh, sorry joseph yeah aha uh -huh. Ah, well, I'm sure you've seen that I've interviewed him and it's a real yeah. treat. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you can't say much about it. I'm sure, I'm sure you yeah. can, but that's okay. I'm very excited. Like, I'm not sure if you know that, but no. I, my first ever coffee, uh, filter coffee, was the Lightcello from Joseph. So nice. there's a very, I don't know, there's a beautiful romantic connection uh, yeah. between my coffee journey and 90 plus so that's anyway that's and I, a story Don't for another time other people other people heard that story okay so planning for wbc pop-up shop and the idea is around this is to be in coffee because your mission is uh to share it to share everything else and share everything that i know share everything that i taste and on that segue we're even open sourcing the thing that we're working on with uh, 90 plus. So everybody can benefit from that. Hi, uh, oh, I'm beautiful. That's, that's, that sounds fantastic. Um, yeah. But of course we gotta wait and uh, okay, yeah. it's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm a relatively patient person. <laughs> that's good, that's good. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, man, um, it, was, hey. uh, it was, yeah. Thank you for your time. I, I appreciate the uh, chance of being here and talking with you. It's been amazing. I, I agree. It was, uh, it was really a treat. Uh, made my day. So uh, thank you. Um, it's, uh, um, yeah, I think if people really listen to this, this uh, you, you, you spoke, we spoke. Sorry, I can say, but 
we touch base on very important things. And I just, um, to be honest with you, um, well, there you go. Well, Andrew just said literally what I wanted to yep. say. Um, and I, I'm not trying to patronize anyone here, but I'm such a huge fan of young people, like, like, like huge fan. Like for me, it's like when I was 16, 15, I said to myself a very clear goal, which was like, well, when I'm 25, 28, 30 plus, I don't want to be like the ones where now it's like, oh, young people, you know, and they like to look down at the ship. Because I, I got such a good understanding, in my opinion, or intuition that, well, hang on a minute, the youth is A, the future. Which is what just you know I think Andre kind of said you know there's a lot for the future or the best so yeah. anyway that was more a wish for you but the future word triggered me that thought process which is like young people are gonna be our future lawyers baristas yeah. farmers doctors surgeons people who are gonna invent the next internet AI yeah. whatever it is gonna be so I'm super happy that I had a chance to talk to you and. Uh, you're doing an amazing job. You're right. You got such a cool mindset, and uh, yeah, honestly, I can't wait to see more from you, man. Thanks. Hey, it's been a pleasure, and talk yeah. to you soon. Let's keep see in you. touch, buddy. Good luck with the pop up, and we'll, we'll keep in touch. Thank you. See you, buddy. There you have it, guys. Capo uh, was a real treat to talk to. I'm gonna to say thank you to him uh thank you to all of you guys being here i really really appreciate uh, your presence and if you're new feel free to take a screenshot and share on your instagram stories uh, we're doing this about three times a week uh, we end in the week on an amazing thursday and friday with two japanese guests uh, you can check who they're gonna be and uh, if you haven't started this episode from the beginning we do have a podcast so this will be available in the podcast as well. And uh, if you are listening from the podcast, I'm glad to have you here. I really appreciate uh, each and one of you. I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. Keep drinking good coffee. If you're still here and you're listening to this today, uh, we just launched a giveaway. So it's the first of a few. We're going to do a few uh, to give back to coffee people uh, to launch our project. Uh, I've been working behind the scene very secretively. Uh, we got a giveaway. We're giving away a setup. I'll show you what it is. I have it myself. Um, it's going to be a coffee server with a V60, but it's going to be uh, the ceramic version of this, and you can pick the color. Just go on the feed. You can see the post. It's a giveaway. You got six more days to enter. The instructions are on the post. So go and get yourself a V60. Enter global shipping. So this is a good chance for you to start brewing at home and uh, do exactly what uh, Carpo was talking about, which is experimenting with what you have. Um, I gotta get out of here because Instagram is giving me soon the 30 seconds countdown. Again, thank you so much. I'm very grateful and uh, I'll see you soon, real soon. Stay safe.